Welcome to another edition of the Source Podcast and this one, the week in review, although an almost week in review because it's Thursday afternoon, but tomorrow's a public holiday in Brisbane of all things, which is great for people in Brisbane. It doesn't stretch far beyond that, but uh, let's talk about what's been so far. My name's Michael Crutcher and joined as always by Jordan McDonald. Jordan, welcome. Hi, Michael. We talk a lot in the week in review about Facebook lately. That's just because there's a lot happening with Facebook. So let's kick it off again this week with another big week for Facebook. What's happened, Jordan? Yes, another big week for Facebook. So there's a bit happening. So October this year, we had the Wall Street Journal bring us the Facebook files. You know, it was a series of stories that they put out supported by leaked internal Facebook documents. But this month we have the Facebook Papers, which is a unique collaboration between 17 major news organisations, some like New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, who are armed with a redacted version of the Facebook whistleblower uh, her documents. And together they're producing regular stories unveiling the issues that they find in these documents. Um, We'll speak a little bit more about that later on the podcast. Something I want to focus on, though, that's happened with Facebook this week is that some internal research has indicated that Facebook is losing traction with younger generations rapidly. Yeah, so this is always interesting, especially to me being uh, someone a bit older, but what do the young people find cool? Because I don't reckon the young people want to be on the same social media platforms their parents are on necessarily, but hey, sometimes trying to really get into the world of young people to know what they're up to on these things is difficult, but the information that you've seen this week gives us a bit more of an insight into that. Yeah, so researchers at Facebook have discovered that teenage users of Facebook, of the Facebook app in the US, had declined 13% since 2019, and they project that it's going to drop a further 45% over the next two years. A big factor for Facebook uh, as a whole is that the users on Facebook are getting older overall and that really deters younger people. So most young people perceive Facebook to be a place, as you said, for 40 or 50 year olds. So it's like going to the bar when you're a hip young 18, 19 year old and the bar's full of grey haired people. That's not the bar for you then, is it? No, not at all. And uh, it continues. So for, for users 18 and younger, they saw account registrations uh, down 26% compared to last year in the Facebook app's top five countries. Uh, and research further indicated that the younger the user, the less on average they engaged with Facebook, which included instant messages sent by teens, again, down 16% compared to last year. So if they're not going to Facebook as much as they used to, most younger people I see have got their heads buried in phones, so they're somewhere. Where are they? They're predominantly in Snapchat, which really surprised me when I learnt about that. I know I've got some younger brothers and one who's 19, in fact. He is only on Snapchat. They don't, they don't use Facebook at all. It's, it's Snapchat or Instagram. They love the, the ability to message quickly on a very simple platform. They love the, uh, the ease like how easy it is to send photos and videos as well. Um, they were, I, was speaking, I was speaking today before we did the podcast actually to, to get some insight. <laughs> I said, why don't any of you use Facebook? He said, well, when we were going through high school, no one was on there. 
all my friends were on Snapchat. So we all grew up and built our friendships through the apps. Right. Um, so getting on Facebook, no one posts on there, so there's no need to check it. So I almost never check it. That's what he said. So they're staying in that Snapchat, Instagram type area. Yeah. And which, let's face it, that demographics, obviously an important demographic for advertisers for different goods. So obviously Facebook knows that it wants to get there, but it must be a hard job for them to then try and get these younger people in, seeing as though if they don't think Facebook is cool... That must be a massive deterrent. It definitely is, and that's what the research is also indicating. So they found that younger users perceive Facebook's content as boring, misleading and negative, and they feel as though they have to get past irrelevant content to try and get to what they actually want. So the algorithm then, which determines what you see in your newsfeed, mm. it's things that maybe the algorithm works from a Facebook viewpoint but not from the user, the young user viewpoint. That's exactly right. And it's created this negative association for young users and Facebook that the platform, you know, it's, it's, it brings about privacy concerns, that there's an impact on their well-being. And there's also a low awareness due to the lack of use about what services Facebook can actually provide for people in that demographic. I think it's fascinating, that whole area, because we, we know of the different demographic attractiveness to advertisers and certainly that one at that age group is very much and like you say they they come through and then they're the next generation of users <clears throat> but we shouldn't cry for Facebook at all in the sense that they had it, their profits for the quarter up until September 30 announced this week and for the quarter up till September 30 Facebook made a profit of only a lazy 11.9 billion Australian. Is that it? 11.9 <laughs> billion Australian for wow. the quarter. But interestingly, um, the revenues didn't quite reach the levels okay. that uh, analysts had expected. So, and part of that comes from the way that Apple has changed its security settings, which have prevented targeted advertising for some of the Facebook and its clients. So a change there, but don't cry for them. 11.9 billion Australian <laughs> for three months in profit. Wow. That will do. And also for Facebook, apart from that good news of profit for them, the federal government this week looking at legislation, Jordan, off the back of that young users that you spoke about to maybe try and put some heat on Facebook to... Uh, protect better some of those younger users. Yeah, this week the Morrison government revealed that they want to create landmark legislation aimed at protecting young users from Facebook's deceptive practices. So part of that legislation will require Facebook and Instagram to take all reasonable steps to verify a user is 16 or older before they sign up. It's it's just when you, when you factor in the the decreases already that Facebook's had, they don't need any more hurdles. Um, this is another one they're going to have to, to overcome. And a key player in this, of course, when you have a federal government that does legislation like this is, let's face it, most media outlets don't like Facebook. I mean, Facebook has come through and just cut so much business out of mainstream media. So it's a bit of a no-loss situation in some ways for the Morrison government from a media viewpoint because media would be quite happy to see that type of uh, action maybe come against them. You mentioned the Facebook papers before um, and that brings us to a bit of a tangent here on a topic of 
the Facebook papers were, as you said, a collaborative approach from newsrooms. We know that newsroom numbers across the world, the numbers of journalists across the world have decreased in some cases drastically over the last 10 or so years, maybe a bit longer, 15 years, as the revenues from traditional media have dried up, <laughs> Facebook taking a lot of those, yep. the 11.9 billion profit we mentioned. Mm -hmm. uh, and then that's meant that newsrooms can employ fewer journalists. So what we're seeing a bit more of now is this combined newsroom journalism approach. So there's another example this week in Australia, the Four Corners episode on Monday night, which looked at some claims against uh, cosmetic surgeons, was actually a joint investigation with the Sydney Morning Herald and The Age. So you could watch Four Corners on Monday night and pick up the Sydney Morning Herald or The Age newspaper on Tuesday morning. Yeah, right. And that story was on the front page as well. That's wow. not the first time The Age, The Herald and Four Corners have teamed, uh, teamed up. Mm. The simple thing is, I mean, I spent 2009 running the investigative unit at the Courier Mail. Um, we had four of us full-time, which was a, a great luxury to have four full-time journalists looking into investigative matters. Um, things have changed a bit since then. So I think we'll see more of this in terms of newsrooms teaming up. But here's the challenge. It's, it's a war out there for media in most places. So you'll have situations where... Most media <clears throat> dislike each other because journalists are so competitive. They've got loud pulpits to uh, criticise from. So media, and I've said this for some time now, media is trying to get a better reputation in the eyes of the public, but it's hard to do that when media keeps pointing out the faults of a rival network or paper or online, whatever that is. So, yes, there is definitely value in some of these teaming up efforts, but in the end, media will have to put away their swords where they can. And I don't know how easy that will be. I think it's just, um, it's inherent in newsrooms that they fight. But the Facebook papers this week, they were a good example of yeah. it. I'd say that, you know, they came together quickly. I think they need more time perhaps to look at those. But it did get a lot of coverage. Yeah, it did. It did get a lot of coverage. What's starting to get more coverage as well, Jordan... And you've written about this in a blog before for our 55 Comms website, but the metaverse. Mm. So the word the metaverse, if you want to drop that in conversation over the long weekend, if you're in uh, southeast Queensland, you'll probably appear uh, quite trendy and uh, up with new things. But <laughs> the metaverse, what is the metaverse and why are we hearing more about it? The metaverse, it's, it's, it's a fairly new concept. I don't think we'll have widespread adoption of it yet for another five plus years. But very simply, try and imagine it's a combination of your physical reality with augmented and virtual reality. So it's a, a real-time living experience in the internet which never pauses or ends. So like a video game, for example. That in... in the most simplest, in the simplest form, is what the metaverse will be. So you're not sitting there with goggles on so much. You could. That's that's definitely being explored. I know we certainly have virtual reality games like that, and they do. Facebook does have Oculus, which is their own version of virtual reality. I imagine that'll be included in what they offer with their broader metaverse. So I'm guessing that there's a commercial aspect to this. For instance, you're in the metaverse, you see something you like. It's easy to buy that thing that you like and it becomes a bit of a marketplace as well? Absolutely. The metaverse will actually 
have its own economy. Uh, that's what it's expected to have. So you'll be able to do things uh, like buy land, build a house, and that'll all be very real in terms of your risk and how much you spend. I know there's uh, there's growing cryptocurrencies around this at the moment. There's one called Decentraland, which is all about the purchasing of virtual land so that you can build on it. So for businesses and for just individuals who want to get into this space early and purchase land in these spaces, this this is going to be a, one of those tools. And Facebook, uh, news reports this week saying that Facebook will spend uh, $10 billion initially on the next stage of its metaverse work. Mm. So uh, there go those uh, profits from the last quarter straight into the metaverse. <laughs> straight but, into the metaverse. But they're not sure. But obviously that shows their intentions of what they'd like to do. And when you're investing billions and billions of dollars, the expectation is you probably have the chance to get billions and billions more back in revenue from it. So it's a really interesting concept. It definitely is. And I think this might be uh, something that Facebook's really keen to get out there sooner than later, especially with the declining interest in the younger generations. The metaverse is definitely something that would uh, suit the younger generation in their technological savvy. Um, so if it gets out there in time, they might be able to um, revitalise some of that interest. Now... We won't have a, a week in review next week, Jordan, because you're at a week off. I am. I'm over at Morton Island for a week. Oh, fantastic. Taking Absolute advantage treat. of the long weekend. You'll, and Melbourne Cup week too, so it's Absolutely. a very timely week to have off. It is. It is. Well, enjoy that uh, week and we look forward to the week in review coming back in two weeks' time. Have a great break. Thank you. And we'll catch up soon. No worries.